I woke up this morning with a song on, uh, in my head, chorus. It's one that we used to sing a long time ago. It starts off, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. It's a great song to start the day. Um, but the, the real truth of the matter is that that's not the first thing that was on my mind. I woke up very early this morning, and I had some real concerns. We have some of our church members who are fighting some really serious medical diagnoses. We have many of my loved ones, family members, and many, many friends are, as we record this, are staring down into the mouth of a hurricane that threatens their very livelihoods, and in some cases, maybe even their lives. Some mornings, it's hard to wake up with a song about God's faithfulness because we begin to sense that maybe things are not going the way we would like them to. And so often what we end up doing is, is just kind of gutting our way through things. So I want to take you back to that chorus. It actually comes from a passage of scripture that I want to read for you in just a few moments. Um, but that chorus is the truth. And so we want to hold on to that truth, even in times when we may not feel like singing that song. But you have to sing some song. That's part of the nature of everyday life. And so as we do that, uh, I, I just kind of want to point you to a couple of truths today. We're going to finish out our series that we entitled Let's Sing. We're looking at various psalms and how they serve to inform us about our everyday life. And uh, the one we're going to do today is actually from Lamentations. And so we're going to step back from our study of the psalms just for this first segment because the second segment we're going to go back into the psalms. But for this first one, it's Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 23, and I'll read those now. It's the chorus that I just sang, really. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's a great, true statement. Even when you happen to be in a situation in life where it doesn't seem true, or maybe you know that it's true, but it doesn't feel true at that particular time. So when that happens, we want to make sure that you recognize that you go back into the truth and you hold to the truth, even though the moment or the situation seems to be out of sync with that. So let's do a little bit of digging on that just very quickly. This is Lamentations, again, chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. I want you to notice the language that's there. He begins with this word. It's that same word again. It's the word that's entitled, or that we call, steadfast love. The Hebrew word actually means that enduring love. The loving kindness is one of the key ways that we find that interpreted through Scripture, through the Old Testament especially. But it's one of the primary descriptions, one of those big words of the Old Testament that help us to recognize that uh, God's character includes this loving kindness. And so he goes to that, the Psalm, uh, excuse me, uh, Jeremiah does in Lamentations, he goes to that and he underscores the loving kindness of God. It's a fundamental part of God's character. And with that, what he's saying to us is that 
God is always involved for our good. He always has our best interest at heart. So when we find ourselves in situations that are just difficult, even situations that threaten those truths that we say we hold, uh, then we can always count on God's loving kindness. He's always at work for our good and to do what's best for us and with us. But he goes to the next verse, and, it, and it's a bit of poetic symbolism. It's, it's, it's the using a word in a different way. So he says his mercies never end. That's God at work for us in all situations for his good and mostly for our good as, we, as it applies in how we live. So that's that additional element of God's character that comes to the fore. This is not a sporadic thing. This is always at work with us. And so back to you, if you happen to be one today who's really struggling because of what your life situation is, go to that truth. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. You can go to that truth and hold on to it as truth and it becomes then not just a true statement, it becomes a do statement. And so regardless of what the circumstances look like, you hold on to the truth of the steadfast love of God. That's the statement we hold to. And when we affirm that in our lives, it moves us then to make decisions as to how we're going to live our life that day. So what are the implications of that? We'll see in just a moment, but I want us to come back and remember that as we've been working our way through this series, we've been hearing a song that was written with this series in mind. It's a song that we should all be singing. It may well need to be our song as a church and certainly as God's children. Listen up. I'll be back in just a few moments. So to summarize segment one, there are those times in our lives when we face situations that seem to work against what we know to be true from Scripture. And uh, sometimes our song needs to be that we hold on to the truth of Scripture so that we can get to the point of doing Scripture and keeping those, those promises close to our hearts. Um, this morning, I, I was doing my own personal time with the Lord and trying to make sure that I started the day in the right way with Him. And occasionally I'll use one of my mother's old Bibles, and um, uh, it's just kind of a point of reference for me. I, I usually love the notes that she wrote in the margins. She was one of the most godly women that I ever knew and influenced me in many, many ways. And uh, this morning as I was reading through uh, a couple of texts, actually, she didn't have anything in the margins on those. Uh, she had no personal reflections on those. I'm sure she'd read through it many times. The pages were uh, pretty well beaten up. Uh, but I, as I finished, I, I went to the back of her Bible and started reading some of the extended notes that she had written in some of the flyleaf area. And uh, there, there was a section there where she talked about where she was in her personal relationship with Christ. Uh, and and she, the word that kept coming to the surface was, I, I'm spiritually dry. That's a bit of a challenge for me because I know my mom and how she went through her struggles. But um, I, th I think that she captures something about how we tend to be. And we, we have these periods in our lives where we know spiritual truth and we try to do spiritual truth. But sometimes, sometimes it just seems like we're just dry, that we're 
always trying to fight our way uphill instead of finding that place of rest. And so if that happens to be you today, if, if you're one, for instance, who can't sing that song, and this is another song, but uh, I think the Gaithers put this to music, but Psalm 103 in uh, verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And, and, and if you find yourself there, whether it's today or some other day, what do you do with that? When your song doesn't sing well, what do you do? Well, here's another song for you. Psalm 19 is a great place for us to go when we find the going a little bit tough and a little bit of a struggle. And Psalm 19 breaks itself out. There's a couple of different witnesses that are charged with helping us to uh, affirm the goodness of God and the majesty of God. And the first one uh, really kind of helps understand why we're out here doing this today because it talks about us seeing the hand, handiwork of God. Psalm 19, the first six verses read this way. Uh, to the choir master, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there's nothing hidden from its heat. Let me just, let me just take you out of that passage into a real-life situation uh, that I had once that really pulled it all together. My family and I were uh, at a local swimming pool. Now, if you know me very well at all, you know that swimming is really kind of not my deal. So the fact that I was even there is something of a God appointment, I think. And so while the kids were out playing in the water and all of that, I, I just kind of took up a position there and on a, on a raft, and I laid in the pool just kind of looking up. I was tired. Work had been pretty rough in those days. And as I lay there just gazing up into the sky, this passage came to mind for me. And I started thinking about all that we find in Scripture and all that we find in nature about how God reveals himself out in nature like this. As I lay there, I just looked up and I started thinking about just, just that one shaft of sight as I moved from where I was just straight up. and started thinking about different levels. For instance, as I was looking up into the sky, I was thinking about what's way out there and then some birds flew directly in my line of vision and it caused me to bring that perspective down a little bit. And I started thinking about all that God has done just in that little shaft of sight and what he does with birds to make them be able to fly and takes care of them. And so all of these things about nature started kind of coming home to me. And then I, I went even beyond that. And so out of the earth's atmosphere, as far as I could see, was not even beginning to scratch the surface about how far the universe goes. And every piece of that, we find the handiwork of God. It's an amazing thing for us, and it's very helpful as an exercise in our own spiritual growth from time to time to step out into nature and read the handiwork of God as you see it around you. That's what David is saying in these first six verses. As he looked at what was going on around him and what God had done around him, not in the, the palace necessarily, uh, you kind of wonder if maybe David isn't re referring back to some of his times as a shepherd boy out in the wilderness with sheep in the middle of the night and that the stars and all of those kind of things. What a great 
passage for us. What a great practice for us, especially when our song doesn't seem to be singing very well that particular day, when things are not going well, when you're a little spiritually dry, as my mom wrote that day. And when you do that and when you see that, you see the glory of God, you see the orderliness of his creation, and it causes us to want to worship, or at least it should. So creation is one of those witnesses, but there's another one here, and I don't have much time, so I'm going to kind of point you to this, and you can go back and do a little study on your own. But we pick up in verse 7 and goes through verse 11, and now David is talking about the second witness to the goodness of God and to the trustworthiness of God, and he talks about the law, the Torah. And so verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And I could keep going with that, but what we find there is one statement that's mirrored in a, the same statement with a little different wording, and that's mirrored in another statement with a little different wording. He just keeps pressing in on the fact that when we go to God's law and we build our tent, so to speak, and build our house in that standard, in that foundation, that we know the truth. And the things that happen around us are filtered through that truth rather than the other way around. So when your song doesn't sing maybe as much as you would like for it to, double down on exposure to God's Word. Spend 15 minutes a day. Block off 15 minutes a day to spend time in God's Word and follow the truths of Scripture. And then when the situation seems to argue against what you're going through, then you hold on to the truth. And so now it's not just the truth that you know, it's a truth that you can do. We're going to take one more step in just a few moments. We're going to talk about what the ultimate end of that is. So we started off with maybe things are not going all that well. And so you look to the steadfast love of God and you hold on to that. And then now we've looked at looking at creation and going to God's word and hold on to that. The last segment today, I want to talk about what we do with that and what God has for us as we hold on to those truths. We'll be back in just a few moments. And so we come to the final segment, not only of the message for the day, but for this series. We've been looking at uh, various songs throughout the book of Psalms, the children of Israel's uh, hymn book, if you will. And we find that there's some song, there's some psalm for every situation in life that we go through. There's a song for that. And uh, so as we close it all out, I want to go to the last word that the psalmist had to say, and that's Psalm 150. I want to pull it all together, and we're going to pull this whole series down into one word. And uh, just kind of brace yourself, especially if you're pretty traditional Baptist. I'm going to use a word that most Baptist preachers don't use from the pulpit. And uh, that's the word dance. Because in Psalm 150, that word bubbles to the surface here. Actually, it's more than just Psalm 150. We find it all throughout the Old Testament. And uh, it's a great word for us. It's a great activity as it relates to the biblical use. And uh, especially for us, the metaphor that it paints for us is worth uh, our discussion here. So let me read Psalm 150. It says this, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lure, uh, lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine 
and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A fitting last word to a book of Psalms that has helped us to find the ability to praise the Lord in any situation. But he uses the word dance there in verse 4. And so I want to talk about that for just a moment as we bring this to a close. Um, Dance, as, as I find it in Scripture, is a great metaphor for worship. And here's the picture, and, we, and we've seen this throughout the entire series. Uh, the song that was written for this particular series speaks to this idea of dance and this, the idea of worship as it's communicated through that. So let me just kind of paint that picture for you very clearly as I encourage you to dance in this way. Um, if, if you think about a dance, not, not the kind of dancing you know, that maybe you're used to where everybody gets out there and just kind of does their own thing, free expression, I guess. Uh, that's not what he's talking about. Uh, it, neither is it that kind that you might find on TV programs like World of Dance Now where it's some group that gets together and every little piece is synchronized and everybody's doing exactly the same thing right time. Uh, that's not the picture either. Uh, the picture here is us as individuals, as we engage as we connect with God and he leads us that's that's through life that's the psalms that we looked at today lamentations and psalm 19 it's that point of reference where we say okay we we recognize who you are God we recognize your love for us and your your faithfulness to us and so we engage with you we connect with you and as we connect with you God we allow you to lead us through life. That is a submission that we voluntarily take. That's the connection as God leads the dance and we follow the music of our lives play, whatever the song is, whatever the situation is, God in charge, we connected with him, follow his lead. And it is a beautiful thing to watch, the dance. I think that's a critical critical element for us in the Christian life because so often we get situational focus. We see things that are going on around us and we let those things dictate what kind of song we're going to sing or what kind of dance we're going to dance. But when we can settle into God being God and we can submit ourselves to him and every day is a day of worship for us, we dance. I I think one of the things I want to add to that is that we we connect with people better when we do that. There, there's a song by Leanne Womack that was popular a long time ago. And uh, it became a song that I would share with my daughter from time to time. Uh, because she was kind of one of those adventuresome spirits in life. And, uh, and so you can go look up the lyrics to that song. But essentially it says that when you have the chance to sit it out or dance, dance. What a great picture for us if we understand dance as a metaphor for worship. It is an expression of our love for God. It's an expression of his love for us. He leads, we follow, and the music of life takes us through. And as we do that well, it enables us to be more effective in connecting with people. You know, our vision statement as a church says that we Uh, are about the business of connecting people with the love and the life of Jesus Christ. And the shorthand version of that is 
that we believe that we're called as a church and as individuals in the church to build bridges. As you can see from this bridge, it's connected on two sides. It comes over something else, but it brings two parties, two shores, if you will, two focal points, two connection points together in the center. As we worship, as we dance, it allows us to be most effective as we connect with people, especially people who don't know God. Let's not just give them some theoretical piece of knowledge. Let's give them Jesus Christ as we connect with them because we connect with him. Let's dance. God bless you. We'll see you next week.